Welcome to the Speaking For Him podcast on this Good Friday. I am Adam McNutt alongside the host of our program, Andrew Gamison. Hello, Adam. It's good to be here with you and a happy Good Friday to you. We are gearing up to one of my favorite holidays, and that is Easter, uh, because we're dealing with the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's the reason that Speaking For Him exists. Because we do not serve a dead and buried Savior, we serve a living Savior. And we're going to get into that a little bit in a very special way on this podcast. I just want to take care of a a few housekeeping items, as you might say, before we get started. Uh, Number one, thank you so much for everyone that has been listening. Please make sure that you tell your friends about this podcast. We really want to be a weekly companion to you and to come alongside you and help you to live this Christian life to the fullest. Um, Because as Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and might have it more abundantly. So just keep that in mind. Make sure that you like the Facebook page um, and make sure that you leave feedback about these podcasts. Adam and I really do want to interact with you about this show. And the best way to do that is through our Facebook page. So just point yourself to speaking for him on Facebook And you never know what special surprises might come up there. The more people we have on there, the more opportunities we'll have to do some fun stuff with that. Well, I think we're about ready to get into the meat of our podcast. And today we're going to hear the Easter story from the perspective of someone that was very important to the story. And I will let him introduce himself to you. And we'll go from there. Enjoy this. Um, welcome, the Apostle Peter. Shabbat shalom, everybody. Yes, my name is Simon, son of Jonah. I never did quite figure out if we were related to God's great prophet, but growing up, I like to think so. I never ceased to enjoy hearing my father tell the story of how this man of God, whose name he shared, ran away from God and his plan and God used a storm and a whale to bring him back to his senses. Interesting, isn't it, how one can find mercy even in a whale's belly? I don't like to mean to ramble, but I'm I'm getting to my point. As a young lad, I had no idea the impact that this story would have on me and all mankind. I was simply focused on becoming the best fisherman I could be so that I could take over the family business. I was bold and brash. I carried my way self in a way that told everyone I was in control until until one day a Jewish carpenter changed everything. I remember the day I met Jesus like it was yesterday. I can still see Andrew running toward me on the sand on the Galilean shoreline leaving great clouds of dust in his wake. Simon, he said breathlessly, we found the Messiah. Boy, what could I say to that? I didn't want to dampen his enthusiasm, but We'd been waiting for God's chosen one for centuries. How could he be so sure? I've always been the practical one in the family, so I followed Andrew. I had to see for myself. Two things sprang to mind about my early days with the master. First of all, he knew me immediately. He said to me, Simon, son of Jonah, thou shalt be called Cephas. You know, if you've read the Gospels, you know me as Peter. He called me a rock. Drew, that, though that probably makes sense to you now, it, it, it didn't mean to make sense to me at the time. I was just a simple fisherman trying to make a living. 
That leads me to my second observation. One day when Jesus was preaching, he asked to use my boat. I did, but I felt uncomfortable the whole time. Usually when meeting someone new, it's a, it's a human tendency for us to put our best foot forward and hide our flaws with Jesus. I instinctively knew this wasn't possible. You wouldn't look in his eyes, and I knew he could tell me more about me than any, anything I even, anyone ever I knew. That was pretty bad. He knew about the argument I had with my wife that night. He knew the pride in my heart. He even knew my inner thoughts, which often strayed to things unspeakable. He knew everything about me. Maybe that's why I momentarily resisted Jesus' call to follow him. I'll never forget the miracle catch of fish that day or my words to the master. Oh, depart from me from sinful man, O Lord. Far more significant were Jesus' words to me. Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. Little did I know where those words would lead me. And when it was day, he called him, called upon him into his disciples, and of them he chose twelve, whom also he named apostles, Simon, who he also named Peter, and Andrew his brother, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon called Zeletus, and Judah the brother of James, and Judas Iscariot, which also was the traitor. Luke six thirteen through 16. Yeah, Jesus sure put together quite the group of guys. Some of them I knew well, others I didn't. We all had two things in common, though we were all pretty average, not a stellar education among the lot. I often wonder what Jesus saw in us, but I guess that's just one of my favorite things about the Master. He looks at us on the basis of what we can be through him rather than what we are. One's more thankful for this than I am, but it seems that I'm always saying something wrong. In those days, I definitely leaned too far to my own understanding. Without the love and mercy of our Lord, I would be lost in more ways than one. I just want to tell you about a few experiences I had with the Master. I could never run out of stories to share, but my time is short. I will soon see my Lord face to face once again. Oh, I'll never forget the day that Jesus healed my mother-in-law. She was so feverish, she couldn't, lift, she couldn't even lift her head up off the pillow. For someone given as much to hospitality as she is, this was very difficult. As a matter of fact, Matthew recorded in his gospel, and he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered to them. You know, she got up and cooked us a delicious meal. The food and the fact that she was able to cook it were both amazing. One day, we got into a boat and headed to the other side of the lake while Jesus stayed behind to pray. A huge storm came up, and we were very afraid. Jesus came to us on the water and said, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. I, <laughs> ever the impulsive one, asked Jesus to let me come to him. He said, Go ahead. So I did. Before I knew it, I was walking in the water. Then I looked down and started to sink, and he grabbed my hand, pulled me to safety, and once again challenged me with his words, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? The storm ceased, and we worshipped him, for we knew he is, and was, and is the Son of God. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Matthew 16, 16. I'll never forget that day. Jesus asked, 
Whom do men say that I am? And we talked about Elijah and the prophets, and then he said, what about you? Jesus was good at that. He didn't want us to focus on what others thought. He wanted us to focus on what we thought. What we do with Jesus is a decision we all need to make for ourselves. I answered that he was the Christ. Life is full of high points and low points. I still wonder at how I could have gone from such a high point to having Jesus say to me, Get thee behind me, Satan. Oh, if only I'd understood what was going to transpire in the next few days, or more importantly, why. Thanks be to God, I understand now, and that Jesus was patient with me until I did. Remember earlier when I talked about Jonah? Well, at one point, Jesus said to the Pharisees, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall be no sign given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. As we approach Jerusalem, we still don't understand all that Passover week would hold. The week started with Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. We, as his disciples, got excited at that. When, when he cast the money chambers from the temple, it only added fuel to our fire. We enjoyed the Passover together until Jesus started to talk about leaving us again. He said things like, where I go, you cannot come, but I will come again. I told him I would go with him to death. He told me I would deny him three times. Sad I was so brash at that supper because in the garden, in my master's greatest hour of need, he repeatedly found me wiping sleep from my eyes. The events in that garden just passed in a blur. Judas' betrayal, Jesus arrested, me cutting off Malchus's ear and Jesus healing him. I remember following behind Jesus with John to the courtyard of the temple. What happened there I will never forget. Three questions, three answers, the tender eyes of my master. These things are stuck in my mind like they happened yesterday. Then said the damsel that kept the door, Art thou not also one of this man's disciples? I am not. And they said, Art thou not also one of his disciples? And again, I said, I'm not. Well, did not I see thee in the garden with him? No. And after Jesus looked at me, I went out and wept bitterly. While he was beaten, I hid. While he died, I wept and wept some more. All my hope was gone. But Sunday was coming. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new sepulcher, where, wherein was never man yet laid. There laid they Jesus, therefore, because of the Jews' preparation day, for the sepulcher was nigh at hand. John nineteen forty one forty two. The next three days seemed to pass as slowly as the previous three years. The events of those years and the miracles that I had witnessed ran through my mind in vivid color. I couldn't believe that after all I'd seen, all Jesus had done for me, I had denied even 
knowing. That Sunday morning, I was up early. I hadn't slept too good. I asked forgiveness more times than I could count. I felt so hopeless and full of despair. I couldn't shake the memory of those tender eyes looking into my soul. (laughs) And Mary came with the news that he was alive. John and I ran to the tomb to check it out, and sure enough, he wasn't there. But I don't think I believed he was alive until I saw him in the upper room. I can remember being both excited and fearful when I saw him. He put my fears to rest when he said, Peace be unto you. Later, Jesus gave me the opportunity to affirm my love for him three times, the same number of times that I had previously denied him. From that point on, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I have preached the gospel boldly. I still make mistakes, but our Lord is faithful. I'm writing to you right now from a dark jail cell. Tomorrow, I'm going to put off this earthly tent for the sake of the gospel. Be, be encouraged. Our master once said, He that findeth his life shall lose it. He that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. That's recorded in Matthew 10, verse 39. You keep serving the best of masters. I'm your brother, Peter. Thank you. My friends, I hope that you have enjoyed this podcast. I want to thank my friend Tim Sashariba for coming to do this recording. And I also want to remind you of one of the main points of Peter's letter, which was we all must make a decision for ourselves about who Jesus is. My friends, Easter is not about colored bunnies or chocolate or going back to what you gave up over Lent. Easter is about the fact that the Creator God died for us on Calvary's cross, was in the grave for three days and three nights, and then was risen again victorious over the grave, over sin, over death, so that you and I can have a home in heaven if we trust him. So the question that I want to end this uh, podcast with is a question that Jesus asked Peter. He said, who do you say that I am? Today, Jesus Christ asks you that same question. And I ask you, as his messenger, that same question. Who do you say that Jesus Christ is? If you have not yet surrendered your life to him and made him your personal redeemer, I would encourage you to do so today. And you will understand Easter in a way you never have before. This is Andrew Gomison from Speaking for Him, wishing you a glorious Easter, rejoicing in our resurrected Lord. And as always, keep serving the best of masters.